Our, our text is uh, Revelation chapter 9, verses 1 through 11, which we have used throughout this series on how are people tormented eternally. And this will be the fourth part. Now, the third part, we, we did that uh, uh, the week of OCA Sunday, so I really didn't spend a whole lot of time on that, only how you can avoid going to hell. Uh, but uh, I'm going to go to Mark chapter 9 and spend some time there in a little bit. So you may want to put your bulletin, a ribbon or something there in Mark chapter 9 to follow along there. If you've missed any of the sermons so far on this subject of how are people tormented eternally, it's on our website and you can go there and get the first uh, three sermons that are on there. This is part four this morning and this evening we'll be preaching part five. But for right now, I'm going to read Revelation chapter 9 verses 1 through 11. Now, I will actually start on chapter 9, verses 1 through 11, probably tonight, okay? And, and then we'll spend the next few messages on that chapter. That's what everything is building up towards. And Revelation 9, verse 1 says, And the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fall from heaven unto the earth, and to him was given the key to the bottomless pit. And he opened the bottomless pit, and there arose a smoke out of the pit, as the smoke of a great furnace. And the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. Now, I just want you to understand that the smoke of the pit uh, is there. The smoke may hide them from some of the tortures of hell that we'll see here uh, as we go on. But I want you to realize there's a reason for the smoke that comes out of the pit. And, and I want you to see why it's important as we go on these messages uh, throughout this series. And he opened the bottomless pit and there rose smoke out of the pit as the smoke of a furnace. And the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. And there came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth. And unto them was given power as the scorpions of the earth have power. And it was commanded them that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, neither any green thing, neither any tree, but only those men which have not the seal of God in their foreheads. And to them it was given that they should not kill them, but they, they should be tormented five months. And their torment was as the torment of a scorpion when he striketh the man. And in those days shall men seek death, and shall not find it, and shall desire to die, and death shall flee from them. And the shapes of the locusts were like unto horses prepared unto battle. Uh, on their heads were, as it were, crowns like gold, and their faces were as the faces of men. And they had hair as the hair of a woman, and their teeth was as the teeth of lions. And they had breastplates, as it were, breastplates of iron. And the sound of their wings was as the sound of chariots, of many horses running to battle. They had tails like unto scorpions. And there were stings in their tails, and their power was to hurt men five months. And they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in the Hebrew tongue is Abandon, 
but in the Greek tongue his, hath his name Apollyon. Well, we'll stop right there, have a word of prayer, then we'll get into the message for today. Father, I pray now as we look at this subject, it's a serious subject. I realize that there are people that are headed to this direction, Lord. They may be listening today on the radio, they may be watching by the live stream, or they may be in this service. People who do not know for sure if they died today that heaven's their home. And I pray that today they could see the saving grace and love of God for their souls and receive him as their Lord and Savior. I would pray as well, Father, that you'd help me to rightly divide the word, speaking the truth in love, but the truth. And Lord, many of us have loved ones who are without Christ. And may this deepen our desire our passion to see their souls saved, deepen our prayer life, to name them individually every day until they receive Christ. In Jesus Christ's name we pray it. Amen. Well, I'm going to look at some of the things that we've covered so far. And as I said, you can go back to the website and, and listen to some of those. But I want to give you some symptoms of what we learned so far about hell. Now, don't forget, when a man dies without Christ, he goes to hell. That is, his spirit goes to hell. He's not in the body that he was born with or that he was buried in, but he does have a body in hell. It's one that God has prepared for that body. It can feel pain. It can feel uh, what fire would do to a body. The only thing is that when fire hits that body, it doesn't disintegrate to ashes. But he'll have a body that will last forever but it will feel the things that this present body would feel if it was in those same things. So I, I, I want you to understand that as we start out here. The hell, one day, Revelation 20, 14, and 15, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death, and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. All those that died without Christ that are in hell, one day they'll be caught up before the great white throne of God. And then after that judgment, the Bible says death and hell. All those that died are in hell. All the torments of hell. Everything that's true about hell will still be true throughout all eternity. Only now it's in the lake of fire to go along with that. So I want you to understand that as we are going through this series. Now, the first thing I want you to see is there is unquenched thirst in hell. If you'll remember the story of the rich man in hell, he said, let Lazarus, he remembers Lazarus. He's the man that was full of sores, laid at his grave, uh, at his uh, front door, you might say, and at his gate. And, and he said, let Lazarus dip his finger in water and touch my tongue. I'm tormented in this flame. And he just wouldn't do that. He can't cross over into there. And so he wants something. He has a thirst. He wants to be relieved of it. Also, that body feels pain, as our body would feel pain uh, in those things as well, let alone thirst. So that means also there's no hope in sight for the one that is burning in hell. Hell's problem, too, is hopelessness. Hopelessness. There's no escape. 
There's no ceasing to exist. And you're unable to warn people that you love that are still alive on this earth. And you can't warn them. You can pray and say, oh, Lord, let me leave here to go and warn them. Or let Lazarus go back and warn them. Even though he's not in hell, let him go warn them. Let somebody they knew was saved but died. Let him go back and warn them. No. The Lord said they have the Scriptures. They have the Scriptures. The Bible tells us how to be saved. And they won't believe the Scriptures. They wouldn't believe somebody coming back from the dead, though one rose from the dead, he said. And, of course, Jesus did arise from the dead, and they still don't believe in him. Look, the Roman soldiers that guarded that grave knew he rose from the dead. Yet, some of those guys did not get saved. So understand that uh, nobody's going to go from the other side and come back and talk to you. You get these uh, people who go to seances and have the, I, they said, I heard a voice and it was, that was their voice. That was my dad's voice. That was my mom's voice. That was my wife's voice. That was my husband's voice. That was my brother's sister, whatever. No. You can hear a voice. It sounds like that, but spirits have that ability. And demonic spirits can do that. But it's not them. It is not them. You say, well, how can they remember things that happened then? Because they have been around you throughout your life, throughout their life, and other lives, and they know what happened. They know what happened, and they know the things, and they can recall them to you. But it's a place of hopelessness, a place that torments men's spirits. You know, hell was prepared for the devil and his angels, Jesus said. He didn't really want men to go. He wanted men to be saved. But when man gave in to the temptation presented by uh, the devil, they die. And now they go to this place that was prepared for Satan and his angels. It was prepared to torment them. However, God in his love wants to save you. You know, that's the great thing about it. Uh, you've heard, I've heard people say, how could God save me? Hey, you don't know the things that I've done. It might have been murder. It might have been homosexuality. It might have been a host of things. I don't know. But I do know that where sin abounded, God's grace much more abounded. No matter how far down you've gone, God knows it. God became a man to be your substitute to pay your penalty, but he must be received as your Lord and Savior. And if you don't do that, then there is no hope whatever for you. Once you die, one second after death, it's eternally too late. The fire is real. The rich man in hell said, I am tormented in this flame. Now, he was in hell not because he's rich, he's in hell because he had not received Christ as his Savior. He had not believed on that coming Messiah which he would have had to believe on in that day. 
As I said, this place torments holy angels. And if it'll torment super spirits, definitely it would ours as well. Understand that the man in hell is not tormented by devils. Revelation chapter 14, verse 10 lets us know the devils will be tormented as well. How is that? Well, it lets us know it will be the Lamb, the Lord Jesus Christ, and His holy angels. They will be doing the tormenting throughout all eternity of those without Jesus Christ. So it's one thing to understand. I believe that another torment of this place is the psychological sufferings. The rich man hell, hell was told, son, remember? Son, remember? In your lifetime? I think that there'll be people, for example, somebody without Christ may be hearing me today, whether it's on uh, live stream or radio or here in the auditorium. They're not sure that if they die today, that heaven's their home. And, and they have an opportunity to be saved. And they pass it up. Perhaps they'll hear their mind's voice as they're reminded. Can you remember back sitting in that church building? Can you remember back hearing this? Son, remember? Daughter, remember? And you'll hear the voice saying, not now. I don't want to do that. I want to live. I want to have a good time. Oh, if I go to hell, all my friends will be there. They may be there, but that won't be a good time. No, that's not what you're looking forward to. We know also that there's no escape, no chance to get saved in hell. And by the way, there's not a purgatory. There's not a purgatory. Once you die without Christ, it's over. There are four compartments of this place in the Old Testament that we saw. There was uh, Abraham's bosom. It's called paradise. When Jesus Christ rose from the dead, he took captivity captive. In other words, those that were in paradise, those that were in that place, were caught up. And now they're in heaven, in the third heaven. With the, and it's also called paradise there. But at that time, it was Abraham's bosom. And in the book of Luke, when we see the story, that's what it's about. But then there was a great gulf. And then beyond the great gulf was Hades, where the rich man and others who died without the Lord are in that fire. And they're tormented day and night forever. And then there's a place called Tartarus in the Greek, which... It's the place that was prepared for fallen angels. Those that fell with the devil when he rebelled against God. So all of that is part of things that we have covered so far in this series on, on the torments of hell. Now there's one thing I want you to see about the torments of hell from the eternal lake that will happen later in the eternal lake of fire. And that's when we go to uh, Mark. We'll be turning to Mark chapter 9. But what I want you to understand is the holiness of God is seen in the torments of hell. 
You see, the heavens and the earth were created perfectly. It was all good. Satan fell, I believe, uh, maybe even before the creation of man. I'm not sure when, but he fell. He wanted to exalt himself above the Most High. He brought other angels with him. We'll say more about that tonight. But he tempted Adam and Eve to fall, and that way this earth that Adam was made to have dominion over, now the devil would get that, and that's why the devil could offer the kingdoms to Christ when he was here on earth. There was a temptation, three, those temptations given to Christ, and he conquered all that conquered us. That's why he is the only way. And uh, he can... Pay, he, he will pay the penalty. He has paid the penalty, but he must be received. Now again, the torments of hell show the holiness of God. His perfect salvation, his perfect creation was contaminated by Satan. Then there are those people who refuse the cleansing blood of Jesus Christ. Perhaps you've heard a man say, people say along the line, oh, if that's what hell is, no one deserves that. No one should have that come upon them. And that usually comes from a person who rejects repentance and faith. Acts chapter 20 and verse 21 tells us the Apostle Paul went everywhere preaching repentance towards God. Why? Because all sin is against God. In faith towards our Lord Jesus Christ, God became a man and paid our penalty in full. And you receive that believing, yes, for my sin, he suffered that. He paid it all and then he rose literally bodily from the grave. He did that for me. So if a man says no one deserves that, then that person does not understand that God is holy and they don't understand what that means. Don't grasp it now. You don't think God is just in his punishment. Then my friend, one day you'll be a part of that group in hell that will bow the knee and say, Jesus is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. And what a shame, because hell was prepared, prepared, the Bible tells us in Matthew 25, 41, for the devil and his angels. And you could have missed it. So we consider this torment in hell now from Mark chapter 9, and beginning with verse 48. If thy hand offend thee, Cut it off. It is better for thee to enter into life maimed than having two hands to go into hell to the fire that shall never be quenched, where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. And if thy foot offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter into life halt than having two feet to be cast into hell, into the fire that shall never be quenched, where the worm dieth not. And again, and the fire is not quenched. And if thy eye offend thee, pluck it out. 
It is better for thee to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire where their worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. Now we're going to look at verses 49 and 50 in just a moment, but I want you to see just a few things about this as we look at, at it here. The hand, the foot, the eye being plucked out, the hand, foot cut off, is, it's not speaking about literally cutting off or literally plucking it out. But it's the sin you walk in. It's the sin your hands do. It's the sin your eyes behold. Some of you perhaps in here or underneath the, uh, the sound of my voice today are looking at pornography. You're looking and coveting other men's wives or other men's uh, women's husbands. Whatever it is, your eye, you'd been better off to be without that eye. He's not saying pluck it out. Turn your eyes from it. Turn your feet from going to those places. Turn your hands from doing those things. That's the idea behind it. But he's saying it would have been better if you didn't have those things. You end up in hell because you wanted to hold on to those things instead of turning to Christ, giving him your heart and life. And so, he says in these verses here about hell. And this is interesting. Verse 43, 45, verse uh, 47 use the word hell, but it's a different Greek word. It's Gehenna. That speaks of the eternal lake of fire. As we mentioned in Revelation 20, 15, and death and hell are cast into the lake of fire. Gehenna is referring to that lake of fire where the worm dieth not. The Greek word for worm is the Greek word skolex. Now, you won't remember it. I probably won't either, but it's S-K-O-L-E-X, if you put it in our English letters. Skolex. It can be, in that day, in the Greek, it could refer to a grub. It could refer to an earthworm. Or it could refer to a maggot. Usually what determine is the context. This is something that is going to be tormenting. Now, you may not like grubs or earthworms, but they don't torment you. Okay, but what about a maggot? Sometimes you've looked at a dead animal that's laid there for days, or perhaps some garbage that's been around for days, and you see maggots. And you think, yuck. The story's told of a man that, uh, had, I guess it was in a journal that the doctor had, that this man, they had decided to bandage his legs up, put some salve on it or something like that, and he bandaged his legs up, and nobody really bandaged it for him. I guess he did it himself. But it got worse, got worse, got worse, got worse. They took him in, and those bandages had never been changed. They cut the bandages off, and they found in his leg maggots. That's why he was in such pain as he was in. But what a picture that lies ahead. Maggots, 
are from the larvae of flies. I don't know that that's going to be the thing in hell. Whatever this worm is, that's kind of like unto what we're looking at. Mark chapter 9, verses 49 and 50, though, add to this. Because we're looking at bodies in hell with a worm that's somewhat like a mag maggot would do to a dead human body. Only this body's not dead. It doesn't cease to exist, but it can't do anything. It can only feel the pain that man was feeling in his leg. But verses 49 and 50, it says, For every one shall be salted with fire, and every sacrifice shall be salted with salt. Salt is good, but if the salt have lost its saltiness, wherewith uh, will, will you season it? Have salt in yourselves and have peace one with another. Now, what's this doing? Well, when you think of salt, it's used sometimes as a purifier. It's sometimes used to taste for your food. But salt on a freshly opened wound, a sacrifice. This is looking at something freshly opened and salt poured on it. You wouldn't get a cut in your arm, your leg, and pour salt, fresh table salt on it. You just wouldn't do that. But that's what the pain has been likened to in hell. These maggots, these worms dying not. There's always something there to feed upon because that body will not turn to ashes. It will not disintegrate. It will always be there throughout hell now. The rich man is still there. He's still in hell and there's still no escape and he never will escape. He's in hell. This worm is in Gehenna. And that makes it even worse. Hell is bad. It's a place of torment and fire, thirst, hunger, hopelessness. And it's separation from God. He said, then what's the purpose of throwing all of that into the lake of fire? You won't see this in the Greek, okay? But I think it's pretty well the way that we'd say it in our language today. The lake of fire is hell on steroids. When you think about it. The lake of fire is hell on uh, steroids. Separated from God forever. Do you think that passing up the way the Lord Jesus, he who knew no sin became sin for us, that is our sin was placed on him. He became sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him, His righteousness to our account. Wow. What a God. And He who existed throughout eternity past, He, Jesus Christ, whom all the angels would love to do anything He commanded them to do. He could have called 12 legions of angels. But He loved us so much, He wanted to pay our penalty for our sins. But oh, eternity means it never passes away. You see, what you need to understand is that you were made in God's image. 
God is a spirit. The body that was put in the ground when a person dies without Christ is not the body that's in hell. There is a body for him, but his spirit is there, and that spirit will live forever because God is a spirit. We are made in his image, and that image is forever. A spirit. It lives forever somewhere. Without Christ, it will be in forever, throughout eternity, in that lake of fire, where in, included to all the things that we've already seen about hell. Now, here are the worms that affect that body. Not only is it hard to think of, I really don't want to think about it, but we better. Because there's not complete annihilation of the spirit, let alone the body in hell. It'll never cease to feel the pain of the maggots, the worm. When you go to hell, it's bad. The lake of fire will be worse. The stench will never pass away. You say, how do you get that? Because burning flesh is one of the worst odors that one can smell. These people will have burning flesh, but somehow does not consume away. All I know is the rich man was tormented in this flame. He didn't say around this flame. He said in this flame. And he was tormented. That rich man is still there 2,000 years later. He's still there, and he'll still be there throughout all eternity. Forever. Forever. As I said, purgatory was a man-made doctrine, but it's not a Bible doctrine. The only way of escape, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and life, and no man comes unto the Father but by me. Your human body is not eternal, but your spirit is. All the suffering of hell. You say, I think it's undeserved. But when you stand before God at the great white throne, and those books are open, showing every thought, every deed, every moment of your life. You will know you deserved. And you know what's interesting? If they're going to hell, why is there a judgment? I believe hell's going to be worse for some than it is others. Just like in heaven, some Christians are just saved so as by fire. And what could that be like? Well, there's no reward, and yet God wanted to give you a reward. The Bible says we'll count the loss. I think that we'll be there counting the loss. We'll see the things the Lord wanted to give you. That your Christian life did not seek His will, did not fulfill His commands. Just like in the parable, Jesus told, take from him that hath the one and give to him that hath the ten. Why? Because the one that had the ten lived it. 
but just to know what I've shared with you this morning or throughout this series. And not to have a compassion for the souls of lost men, even people in your own families. Oh no, if, if, if I start talking to them about their soul, it'll chase them away. Where to? They're already on their way to hell. Get between them and hell and chase them away. Witness the gospel. You don't know if God's going to bring them to a point in their life where they say, you know what, I need to make sure I'm saved. I've got to get saved. I've got to take care of this thing. You see, it's only in this life that God's grace and mercy for the soul of a lost person is available. One second after death, it's too, too late. And so Acts 17, the Holy Spirit tells us through the pen, of the ink pen of the Apostle Paul that he used. And if thy hand offend thee, cut it off. Oh, that would be the thing, but no, that's not it. Rather, in the times of this ignorance, God winked at. What ignorance? Well, that day, they had set up false gods. They'd made, they even made an image to an unknown God. An image to an unknown God? And the Bible says not to even make an image of anything that's in heaven. Who's in heaven? God, Jesus, the great throne. Don't even make an image of that. Worship the person of the Lord. You know, on my cell phone, I have as my screensaver a picture of my wife. It must work. Screen's still there. <laughs> but what I want you to know is that's there because that's precious to me. But that's not the person. Looking at that picture reminds me of the person. I don't worship the, per the, the picture. I don't love the picture. I love the person. God doesn't want us to love an image. Therefore, don't make an image of him. Love him. Receive him as your Lord and Savior. Oh, that suffering that never passes away, and yet, no matter what you've done, no matter what's happened in your life, He is so willing to save your soul if you just come to Him. The times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commandeth all men, not just elected men, not just certain men, all men, everywhere, not just in one state or one country, everywhere. To repent, because it's the appointed day in which he will judge the world in righteousness. How? By that man whom he hath ordained. Well, what man is that? Whereof he hath given assurance unto all men, in that he hath raised him from the dead. That's Jesus Christ. Repent. Turn from depending on yourself. Turn from being your will in life, and turn to the Lord Jesus Christ to cleanse you of your sin. Turn to Him to be your God, to be your Savior, to be your Lord. Turn to Him, and He'll in no wise cast you out. 
Oh, he loves you. Just come to him. You say, I know I'm saved. Then offer this free gift of salvation to others. Could we desire anybody to be in this place? You know, it's not unusual to hear people say to someone else in anger, go to hell. If they know what a hell is, why would they even say that to them? But it's a real place. Are you prepared to meet God? Let's bow our heads, please.